Praise God. Praise God. Hey, you can have a seat. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good to see you all today on this Mother's Day. I'm Pastor Michael, lead pastor here at Summit. Special good morning to all of you moms today. We thank God for every one of you. Thank God for moms just like you. Thanks for being our moms. Thanks for being somebody's mom. Praise God for moms. Can we just give them some gratitude? Yeah. Yeah, so I came across a little comic strip, you know, a mom just was getting a little bit frustrated with so much clutter out in the garage, and so she asked her, her uh, teenage son for a little help. Uh, she said, you know, there's just a lot of stuff out there, would you just mind taking some time to go out there and, and make a little bit of room? Well, kind of reluctantly as things go, you know, he, he, he went, and uh, it wasn't very long, he was back in the house sitting on the couch, and and. and and mom said, uh, wow, you're back in a hurry. Uh, did you make some room out in the garage? Yeah, sure did. Wow, that was quick. Uh, what exactly did you do? Oh, I moved the car out into the street. <laughs> Not exactly the way to assist a mom, right, in, in her request today. But it works well with our teaching this morning um, as we come to Hebrews, the second half of chapter 10, because it helps us to turn this terrific corner from understanding the significance of Christ, understanding the significance of events as they unfolded in the Old Testament and how they all pointed to Christ, to now moving us towards some practical application. Practical application. And it's an interesting little outline that I was impressed with this week because uh, twice we see the word since, and it's pointing us back to where we've been on this journey to some reminders because of, since, okay? Then from there, uh, we get these two statements as to why the applications here are, are so important to us, and then it gives us the application. And so we're going to walk through this, but the first thing I need you to notice there in verse 19 is the word therefore, okay? So whenever you see the word therefore, it's very important that you make sure you understand. Sorry, English majors, for poor preposition use here. But when you see the word, therefore, it's absolutely imperative that you understand exactly what it is there for. That's exactly right. Yeah, good. We're doing good so far here. And in this case, it's there for this purpose to help us hold on to, yet move beyond the wonderful things that Jesus Christ has done for us to this place of how then should we live. And, and so here's the summary right off. So we come to verse 19. Notice it says, therefore since. Okay, you're going to see that since two times. And, and the first one is, since we now have confidence to enter the most holy place. Since we can now actually draw near to God with confidence, right, by, by the blood. This is how, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, and notice the curtain that is his body, we can now come close to God. We could come as close to God as we could imagine, and he can come near to us. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that's the first thing, that through Christ you have direct access to your heavenly Father. The second sense, verse 21, since we have a great high priest over the house of God. What does this tell us? It tells us that the very one who is in charge of the kingdom of God is our advocate. 
that he's on our side. Jesus Christ, in charge in the kingdom, is on your side. He's in your defense. That is really good news. Okay, so those are the two, two summaries. Now we get these three verbs and these three nouns by way of application. I'm going to give them to you, okay, but we're going to have to come back to them because in order to help us really grab a hold of them, we need to also recognize why they're so important to us, okay? So the first one is in verse 22. It says to us, draw near to God. Curtain's open, there's a way, we have an advocate, so draw near to God. Verse 23, by all means, hold on to hope. Verse 24, spur one another on. So I would like you to say those with me. We don't have to say the verses, but would you read those three statements together with me here? The first one, draw near to God. Hold on to hope, spur one another on. And that's really what we need to, to, to understand as far as application today. And as I said, before we get there, a couple of things as to why we need these things. First, we have a tendency, you and me together, we have a tendency toward drift. In our faith, we have a tendency Toward drift. This is what verses 26 through 31, what those verses are all about. And I can't apologize for what this says here. This is the word of God. But these statements that follow are some of the most sobering in all of Scripture. So we're just going to take it at what it says. Watch this. That uh, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received knowledge of the truth, notice it says, there's nothing else left for us what does it say only fearful expectation of judgment then it asks the question will we ourselves trample the son of god under our feet how by practicing the very things that put him on the cross in the first place and then verse 31 notice it says it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living god now if, if that stirs a little panic in you, please, please let it. Please let it. Let's not take away from what God wants us to understand. But before you get too excited here, it's important that we make a distinction between three realities that we potentially struggle with on this path to drift. The first one is doubt. The second one is backsliding. And the third one is apostasy. Let's talk about doubt for just a moment. Do you realize doubt can actually be proof that you believe? It's only in believing that there is the potential of doubting. Backsliding. Understanding and acknowledging when we mess up demonstrates not only that we have a heart for God, but that we have a desire to do His will. That is a God-given gift. So that when your soul convicts you of failure, let it serve as a reminder that God hasn't given up on you. His Spirit is still working in your life. Apostasy is, is way different. Apostasy, apostasy is a willful, defiant attitude that by its actions... 
by its attitudes as well, it undermines Jesus and it undermines the very sacrifice that he has made. Deliberate practicing is what it's about. So, look at those again. Do you ever have doubts in your faith? Might it be evidence that God's Spirit is at work in your life? Faith is about trusting things that you cannot see. So the big question is, the one that we need to get in front of us, is is those words of Jesus. How do we get to that place where Jesus said, stop doubting and believe? We are all struggling with doubting. We're all imperfect. I look at you. I see myself in the mirror. And God wants to get us to that place where at last we stop doubting and believe. Here we are in this journey together. Okay? Secondly, do you ever mess up? Yeah. The fact that you're aware of this, the fact that you're chuckling right here is evidence that you agree, you mess up. And part of being a Christian, ladies and gentlemen, is a heightened awareness of our fallen state, a heightened awareness of exactly why we need a Savior in Jesus Christ. So then the question here is, how do we at last get to the place of complete victory? I'm asking it with you. I'm looking at you, and I'm seeing myself in the mirror. How do we finally get to this place of complete victory? Apostasy, knowing better, in determination that we're going to do what we want to do, no regard for the Father's will. Instead, we push away the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, literally suppressing. You can have this Department of my life, God, but you just stay right there. That's the concerning place, and that's really what this text is all about. We need the applications that, are, that we're going to look at here in a moment because we have a tendency to drift. Well, all who have a tendency to drift, raise your hand and say aye. <laughs> all right, that's you are liars out there. I saw those hands staying down. I'm not going to put them up. <laughs> Awesome. Secondly, verses 32 to 39, that we have a tendency to get discouraged. Anybody get discouraged? Okay, yeah, we have a tendency to get discouraged. We need the three applications that we're going to hear because we need them to help us persevere with confidence. And I'm really excited because starting next Sunday, we are getting to Hebrews chapter 11, and we are going to do a three-week series on faith. It's going to start off three weeks, Hebrews chapter 11, okay? So next week, part one, then we're going to do something special for Labor Day, coming back in June for the, for the next two, and, and really, really looking forward to this, okay? So I've, I've given you this word, persevere, persevere. And, 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 and right here, I, I just have a confession. I have to be really honest about this, this word. Uh, I hate the word persevere. Have you ever seen that, that poster of the cat that's hanging from a branch or a pull-up bar and the words say something like, hang in there or hang in there, baby? You're seeing it right now? That, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Got rid of it. Good, because I hate that cat. I, I, I absolutely hate that cat. Are you going back and forth on me? 
Would somebody else come down here and take over? Pat Patty, get that thing away from that guy. <laughs> I hate that cat. I, I really hate that cat. I especially hate that cat if perseverance is reduced to nothing more than a need to survive. Now, 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 mind you, I agree. There are times in life when we need to survive, but, but those are not the norm. I believe God has created us to thrive, not just to survive, that there's so much more to our outlook, and I'm loving this word outlook. I'm, I've just been certified for a new a way of premarital counseling, and one of the big pieces that's jumping out on me is, is outlook and, and what you bring to the table, and that's, outlook's going to come up a little bit more as we proceed here. But this word perseverance, someone recently told me that they had a word from God for me, you know, and I, and I was wondering what that word was. Can you believe it? It was the word perseverance. Yuck! Take that word back, please. Why do I hate that word so much? Well, because I know that perseverance means delays, frustration, disappointments, obstacles. I, I hate all those words. Obstacles, I hate those words. They're, they're not fun. I think Every street in the world should have green lights all the time. No more red lights. Right? Yeah. Come on. You guys are taking that too seriously. You're assessing all green lights. There's got to be a way for the world to be all green lights, right? But survival isn't what this is all about. This is about moving forward toward a goal it's holding on to a reality that says come what may together with god we are going to get there we will come through whatever obstacles whatever challenges we face and we will come through victoriously that's really what this word is talking about and based on that we press on and if we're honest and we've already seen that by a show of hands we all get discouraged so the people that are being written to here, they're going through and facing conflict. They're facing suffering, insult. They've literally, they've had everything taken away from them, them for one reason. And it was because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And everything they're suffering is because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And then the call here to, to them and to us is, but keep on running Press on. It's so worth it. And now we see them. Watch this. They happen really fast. Watch this. Back at the text, verse 30, 34, halfway through. Notice, God has in store better and lasting possessions. Verse 35, don't throw away your confidence. It will truly be rewarded. Wow. Verse 36, persevere. Yuck. How many times? And unfortunately, it's going to keep coming up over the next several weeks, right? Persevere. Why? So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive all that he has promised. Wow. Verse 37. In just a little while, Jesus really is coming. And he's going to make it all right. And you're going to be glad you ran well. It will be so worth it. Verse 38. God's kids live by faith. That's what it's all about. And God takes no pleasure in the ones who shrink back. So we do not shrink back because we are those who hold on to faith and we are the ones who in the end come through victorious. We are saved. That's what this is all about. Okay, so here's the applications. Three nouns, three verbs. 
Ready for it? You sure? You all look really good. Moms are dressed really nice today, most of you anyway. <laughs> Verse 22. <laughs> you guys, this is church. Come on. Draw near to God. Scripture says, let us draw near to God. And if you understand the verse use here, and keep on drawing near to God with sincere hearts and full assurance of what faith brings, full assurance that God has good plans for you. And you know what this is really about. This is really about our slogan around here, our, our statement of all eyes on Jesus. And that is so important to me because we can think of it in, in, as such a trite thing, but it really isn't. It was faith in Christ in the first place that saved you, and it's faith in Christ that is the fruition of your victory. The same thing that saved you in the first place will get you over the finish line. It's not just about determination. It's about him at work in your life. And what it's really about, it's really about worship. And when I say it's about worship, I'm not talking about gathering here like this for worship. That is part of it. But what we're talking about here is a life of worship. It's about practicing the presence of God. And it's about those moments in life when those triggers you know, and reminders keep coming to us, reminding us, telling us God really is with us. He is near. We are not alone. The, the fascinating thing is that we as believers at this point in the journey have to live in two worlds. We have to live in this current world that has temporary limitations of time and space. But we also know that we live in an eternal world that isn't limited by those kind of things. That world is an everlasting world that is full of goodness, blessing, unlimited possibilities. But there's a danger here for us. And the danger is that we can become so involved, so caught up, so invested in this world that we forget that it's the next world that really matters. So what do we do to prevent that? <laughs> well, early on in my faith journey, somebody gave me this little book. It was quite, quite motivational. And, and, it, and it talked about a guy who was just defeated in life. And, and his story reminds me of a quote that I heard later on after I'd gotten this book, but it also stuck with me. A, a statement that says, the average man will live his life until he's somewhere around the age of 25. Right in there, something within him will die, and he will spend the rest of his existence a walking dead man. Did you get it? Yeah. The average man lives somewhere until the age of 25. Then something in him dies, causing him to spend the rest of his existence a walking dead man. I want you guys to hear it. This is Mother's Day, but guys, I want you to hear it because we live in the same world, right? We share some things in common here. The enemy wants to defeat us. He wants to take us out. But this man really found victory in his life, and it was a very simple thing that he picked up by somebody. And, and, and what he made a practice of doing is in the morning when he would wake up, he would pull open the blinds on the window, he would look outside, and he would smile with everything in him, take a deep breath and say, 
good morning, Lord. <laughs> yeah. What was he doing? He was practicing the presence of the Lord. Do you mind if I get my guitar here? You could say no. You know, Terry was in my office on Thursday, and, uh, you know, I, I used to run youth camps, and I'd always have my guitar, and I'd lead bunches of kids and singing around the campfire, and we we're singing all the songs that we know, but this wasn't one of them. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, this is, might be like 1960s stuff, so, but it's a good one. Love them in the morning when you see the sun rising. Love them in the evening cause he took you through the day. And in the in-between times when you feel the pressure coming. Remember that he loves you and he promises to stay. Anybody know the name of that song? All day song. Yeah, yeah. Somebody named Fisher wrote this song. He said he carried it around his back pocket and thought it was way too simple. But he's glad that he turned it loose because kids everywhere are singing this song. Love him in the morning when you see the sun rising. Love him in the evening because he took you through the day. And in the in-between times when you feel the pressure coming, remember that he loves you and he promises to stay. When you think you've got to worry, <laughs> I do, because it just seems the thing to do, <laughs> yeah? Remember, God ain't in no hurry. He's always got time for you. Here's the 60s. So, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you want to try that with me? Uh, it's kind of fun. So, uh-oh, uh-oh. Good job. Love them in the morning when you see the sun rising. Love him in the evening cause he took you through the day. And in the in-between times when you feel the pressure coming. Remember Jesus loves you and he promises to stay. Remember Jesus loves you and he promises to stay. Remember Jesus loves you. And he promises to stay. Yeah, so let us, let's draw near to God. Let's make it a practice. And, and, uh, and maybe just that little idea of, you know, taking a deep breath in the morning. Smiling because he's good. And saying, Good morning, Lord. Why? Because we have a tendency to drift and because we have a tendency to get discouraged, right? Okay, so the second one, verse 23, hold on to hope. Notice, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hope, 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 hope. It's really, really a great, great word. So today, 
uh, in the Descoli household. This marks the seven-year anniversary since my older brother, Frank, was killed tragically in a car crash. Yeah. Uh, it was bizarre. Uh, it was a Friday the 13th, 2011, on a very strange road. You can look it up and read some of the stories about this road, the Wickenburg Highway. Yeah, Wickenburg. He liked to go from Vegas to Tucson because he, he liked to invest, and uh, there was some kind of conference up there, and he fell asleep on the way home and went head-to-head with one of those two-van, two-cargo tractor-trailer UPS trucks. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, now I'm in a different situation, loss of a brother, uh, yeah, somebody, you know, I always tried to live up to him, and, and I always wanted to tell him what I was doing, and, and uh, you know, he seemed to be interested in my stories a little bit. But the question, you know, question we Christians tend to ask, was he saved? Um, did he know Jesus? And, and, and I really want to concede the point that those really are things to celebrate when we have assurance about somebody's life. I mean, these are great questions to ask, uh, ask about the living, why? Because there's still an opportunity to pray for them. Yeah, but what if there isn't that kind of assurance? I mean, it just seems to me that in the grieving process, it's not really sensitive because you're asking this question, and, and there are at least three possible answers, two of which don't help the grieving person at all, right? And those, those questions are yes. And maybe that's our motivation. Maybe we want to assume that we're going to get the positive answer, you know, especially asking the preacher. Surely his whole family, you know, knows Jesus, and it's all good, right? So, so I imagine the heart is good in asking. And sometimes we just don't know what to ask. It's kind of like that statement, you know, uh, if you need anything, let me know. And, and nobody ever calls, right? And, and yet there's other people who see the need, and they just move in, and they make a difference. And it's all the stuff that we learn in life if we're really interested in knowing how to, how to love people. But the truth is that if there isn't that assurance, um, then it's too late now to do anything about it. And so here I am. I'm struggling because I know I'm going to speak at my brother's service and, and to family members, what I do with this. And so I was praying, and I felt like God just spoke to my spirit two questions. The first question was, Michael, do you trust me? Can, can you trust your brother Frank into my hands? Wow, absolutely, Lord. <laughs> you know it. I can trust Frank into your hands. Hey, hey, Michael, uh, look, look a little deeper there. Do you have hope? Do you have any hope for your brother? And I was like, Yes, yes, Lord. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense uh, to, to my theology here, but, but something in me has hope. Thank you, Lord. And, and that's where I want to live whenever I do funerals anymore. Do you trust God? Do you have hope? Because hold on to those things, and we need to hold on to hope with everything in us because we have a tendency to drift and because we have a tendency to get discouraged. By all means, hold on to hope. Keep drawing near to God. And absolutely, hold on. Hold on to hope. Yeah. Okay, third one, spur one another on. Spur one another on. Because we have a tendency to drift, because we have a tendency to get discouraged, we need to continually draw near to God. We need to continually hold on to hope. And we need to be about these two things that come next, spurring and encouraging. Do you hear them? Spurring and encouraging. 
Okay? Now, I would like us together to read verses 24 and 25. But before we get there, I want to go back to those two since words we started with. Okay? Because what we are going to read together is built upon this. And those two things, those two reminders, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, since we can now come to God the Father with absolute confidence, and since we have the great high priest who is in charge of the house of God on our side, the very one in charge of the kingdom is our advocate. Those two things, and now we come to verse 24. Let's read them together. Wow, can you see those? Okay, it's a little hard from here, but let's do this together. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah, 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 awesome. Because we have a tendency toward drift, because I have a tendency to get discouraged, and I have a hunch you do. We all need some spurring, and we need some encouraging. So spur. Spur, uh, what often comes to mind is a negative image. It's a, it's a picture of a, of a cowboy, a rider with spurs on his boots, and he's using those spurs to prod that horse to get that horse moving in the right direction. Well, if we're honest, uh, every one of us are in families where we can identify those who spur and those who do the spurring, right? Yeah, so what's interesting uh, uh, about that is uh, that, that if we were to ask, which are you, probably everyone in this room would say, well, well I'm the spurred. And so what this tells us, if we're all being spurred, then it tells us that we must all be doing our share of spurring, and we must all be receiving our share of the spurs. I mean, it just has to be that way. So then we argue, yeah, but you don't understand. I get spurred a whole lot more than everybody else. Well, here's two things that we think we can all agree on. I've been spurred. Have you? I've done some spurring. Have you? Yeah, yeah, this is what we're talking about. So, so that's one way the word works. It, it doesn't work that way. But it also works in a very positive way. It means to stimulate or to stir up. Um, if, you, if you've ever had me over your house for soup, um, you can do that again. Okay, this is, I'm just disqualifying what I'm about to say, okay? I'm not a big soup guy, okay? Uh, if I've ever been over your house for soup, I'm sure it was really great. Thank you for the soup, okay? I'm not attacking your soup by any means, okay? And, and if you love soup, please keep having soup, Okay? Yeah, I just don't know how much soup to eat. I mean, golly, it's like there's a lot of water here, and I think I need more. And, and pretty soon I'm like, yeah. So if somebody's serving soup, um, you know, uh, even though Valerie has tried to teach me otherwise, I mean, I'm going to take that ladle, right, and, and I'm going to go deep because I want the chunks, Right? <laughs> I really do. And I don't want clams or oysters. Yikes. No, I want meat. I mean, I'm digging for the real stuff. That's what, that's what I want here. 
So we're talking about stirring up. See, we're, we're, this is a positive thing. Stirring up. Now, it's fascinating, the order of the words that are given here as to what it is we're stirring up. Because the first word is the word love. And what's fascinating is that this is the word agape. This is the God kind of love. And so what this is talking about is stirring up the love that God is pouring into us. So that something rises to the top, which is the very next thing. What is it? Good deeds. Good deeds. The outward expression of the greater work that God is doing in us. God pours love in that can be stirred up to be manifest in good deeds. Uh, really excellent right there. So let's just think of it this way. How do we stir up the chunks? Chunks is not the best word, but yeah, yeah. It's like trying to drink jello through a straw. It takes a really big straw to suck up jello. Yeah, that doesn't quite work. But let's think about meat. Let's talk about the hearty stuff here. How do we stir that up? It's about God is pouring something in and we're stirring it up so that it shows up in our actions. I, I really, really, really like that. Now, encouraging is a little bit easier. Okay, that's a simple word. We, we should know what that is. It's about breathing courage into one another. But notice the word day here. See it? Did you notice the word day is capitalized? That is by intention. That is not by accident. It's because it's talking about a specific day. It's talking about the day of the Lord. It's talking about the day we are anticipating when God takes his rightful place and takes charge and everything is made right again. Yeah, so why do we need more encouragement today than ever? Because you guys, it's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any easier. And you better believe drifting will increase and doubting will increase. So what will we do? What are we going to do? We are going to keep drawing near to God. We are going to keep holding on to hope with everything in us. And we are going to keep meeting together for the purpose of stirring up love and good deeds. Such a way that this faith we profess shows up in practical ways. Through our hands. Through our feet our actions that is the word of God praise God anybody want to give glory to God <laughs> hallelujah all right I'm, I'm going to invite the worship team up and and we like to just ask a simple question here we like every one of us I'm asking it I'm asking it when I'm studying the word you ask it and that question simply is this Father God, why would you bring me here today? What is it you're wanting me to know? What is it you're wanting me to know from your word? And how would you like me to then respond? What is it you're telling me, Lord? What is it you're saying? I want to know. Thank you, God. Thank you for, for getting me here. Thank you for what you've spoken here. Thank you for what you're doing here. Now, what do you want me to do? I'm listening. I'm listening. Let's think about that as we continue to worship.
confess bowing here I find my rest without you I fall apart you're the one that guides my heart I come I confess Bowing here I find my rest Without you I fall apart You're the one That guides my heart I need you
Why don't you stand with me here and receive this blessing? Will you stand together? Come on. Receive this blessing. I'm just, I'm just really prompted in this blessing today. And just receive from God, because God is speaking right into your life. He's speaking to your drift, and He's speaking toward your discouragement. Just hear Him now. Speaking to you, speaking to your tendency to drift, speaking to your tendency toward discouragement. And, and in that, He's saying, come on close. He's saying, hold on to hope. And then He's going deeper. He's going much deeper than your discouragement and, and your failure. And he's going down to the love that he's been pouring into you and he is stirring it up. And I believe right now in some of you, he's putting people in your minds that you can extend extend a hand of blessing to, that you can reach out some kindness to. Listen to what he's saying now. Stirring up that love that he's pouring into you and calling you, to go and be a blessing to someone else. Despite, despite whatever it is you're dealing with, that he wants you to go and do some kindness to somebody else. Hear him now, what he's saying. Who is that person? Receive it. Receive it. He's lifting you above. He's getting your eyes on him. He's stirring you up. Receive it. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in hearts and lives. Keep working, Lord. Keep doing your thing. We want to keep listening, keep receiving from you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. We will be here to pray with you. Take time. Enjoy each other. Have a great Mother's Day. Love you, moms.